these things in front of the microphone, if you're watching the video, are windscreens to prevent the puh, sound. Mm. That sounds like your car speakers are going to blow up. Mm. Now, I'm not convinced they're going to fix it, but we're trying it. So If I had this back in seventh grade when I was writing <laughs> rhymes, I would have never stopped. <laughs> so that's what prevented you from continuing that's your it. rhymes. Yeah, I just needed the <laughs> noise. The, you needed more of that. That's called plosive, by the way. Plosive. There we I'm go. not sure how to pronounce that, but you needed more, more of that. John... Let's start by talking about gummy bears, because I find gummy yeah. bears to be underrated. Do you agree or disagree? I absolutely agree, although only this brand that if you're in the video, actually, I feel bad that I don't know how to pronounce their name, because they're, de they're definitely the sponsor of our show today. It's Haribo <laughs> or Haribo? How do you say it? Haribo. Haribo? Say. That's what I've always said. Well, let's hope it's Haribo. And those are the only gummy bears, in my opinion, that are actually worth eating and that are underrated. And you have a good story about these gummy bears, don't you? Not these in particular, but this brand, yes. I have a great story. So to, to back this up, we got this big pack of gummy bears that I'll probably eat a few right now. Sorry, guys. Can you hear this? Um, it's, right, it's, I, it's, I, it's an extra hundred bucks if I we got, eat them on camera. I got a red and a green one. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to John's story time. These are from uh, a longtime client of mine that gave me a gift, and uh, she knows I like gummy bears, have a soft spot for them. But I left a pack of gummy bears in my car. It was here at the building. I was training... And uh, late at night, right, the athlete session was done. I was training till like 8.30. It had been warm in the day, warm enough to melt the gummy bears in the package. Thankfully, it was closed. But cool enough at night that they solidified again. So I went in there thinking I'm going to grab a couple gummy bears on the way home. And I got a whole big chunk. And I was like, what happened here, right? But I'm thinking, okay, logically, this probably melted on my dashboard. And it just like coagulated again it's the right word right oh, coagulated again now. nobody questioned us on that. <laughs> <laughs> because the temperature dropped so this should still be edible so of course i decided to eat it and it was actually phenomenal it was like a giant fruit roll-up of gummy bears i'm jealous i i could imagine how great that would be because i have that same approach with skittles i try to put them all in my mouth at once and the combination of flavors is just overwhelming for me and i think you experienced that with the gummy bears i did however there's one loophole in this because there's a myth. Is this a myth that Skittles don't have individual flavors? Oh, I was don't always ruin, don't ruin Whoa. my life. Okay, poll. <laughs> there's no way. Poll. I was told that Skittles do not have individual flavors based on their color. That's I not could what be it wrong. Says on the back of the package. Gummy bears definitely do. What does it say on the back of the package? It shows the flavors and the colors. They'd be okay, so they'd be like boldly lying yeah. if this was true. And I will sue for this. <laughs> it might. <laughs> it might. It this, might actually just be a myth. Life. Might be a myth. All right, what do you got for underrated, overrated today? All right, my, my real underrated, I don't know how many people can relate to this. I hope enough. Volvo as a car brand. Ooh. Massively underrated car brand. Right, It's very unassuming. I never really thought twice about it. I have owned three now, and they've all been amazing. I love them. I think Volvo is an underrated car brand, and I think they've gotten significantly better the recent years. And they've kind of gone to more of like an upscale like fancy route versus like the old grandpa style they used to do. But I think they're nice. So with the grandpa approach now lacking, are you going to change car brands to a more grandpa-ish car? No, because who are you going to get that's more reliable, more safe? Yeah. And do you still sporty trust now. Them? Do you still trust them without the grandpa-ish look? How so, all... Okay, define, how I, define the trust. Well, if Why they, would I not if trust? St if we're going to draw a parallel, potentially, in them wanting to look slicker, maybe mm -hmm. they're changing 
their mission statement right now. But before, it's like, we don't care about the look. We want old men like John to buy our car <laughs> and feel safe. And now it's like a slick-looking car, and it's like, I don't know if we actually relate to John All anymore. right, so I knew that that joke was coming, and I accepted <laughs> my fate, because at some point, I had to point out that they used to be like an old man yep. car brand, and yep. I just said, That's, James is going to have a joke. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept the joke, not even have a comeback. It's fine, because this is about Volvo, not about me. <laughs> so to your point, I would like to bring to the table their videos on safety crash testing, mm. unparalleled. Mm. I'll link it in the description of these notes. They take cars from cranes and they drop them from like hundreds of feet. They throw them out of doors, like in a warehouse. They drive them off road and like let them do flips and things. It, it's impressive. Wow. So if they're willing to do that for their cars and take it. a ton of cars through the most rigorous safety testing you can imagine, because no other brand does those things there you go. at that level, then I think they're still good. I will add a quick funny story of when I bought my car, the lady, she showed me two cars and the first one, she's like, this is really safe and family friendly. Do you have kids? And I said, no. And she goes, okay, then do this one. I was like, wait, does that mean this one isn't safe and you, and I should no longer care about safety if it's just me in the car? <laughs> I'm confused. It's just your life. Pitch. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But she did sell me on the less safe vehicle. Uh -huh. um, all right. Um, my, un my underrated is ketchup dramatically underrated you can put it on just about anything especially meat and it it probably improves the flavor of what you're eating by 2x what inspired this somebody had a commercial i don't know what the business was but they're like if you like do you have french fries with your ketchup or like how could you not something along those lines and i'm like you know what that's a great sales pitch. I would love to go get French fries right now and dip them in ketchup. Not because I want the French fries, but I want the French fry ketchup combination. French fries minus ketchup, half as good. <laughs> this is this bold statement. Half as good. These random bold yep. statements that are completely subjective. And I'm going to go another step further and say condiments in general I think are underrated. You're not allowed to give two underrated. And I have, well, it's kind of like the same family category. And I once jokingly in college said I was going to start a restaurant called Saucy. And Saucy was essentially going to be a sandwich shop that has every possible sauce. You can imagine you could have as much as you want of the sauces. So would the meat quality be good? I don't know. The bread it doesn't maybe matter stale. at that point. Exactly. It doesn't. But not you could just go to Panera sauce, and ketchup? get their bread and meat. <laughs> 100%. Actually, hey, to your point, your sandwich thing, I don't think we put this video out, but I taste tested it. I gave it an 8 out of 10, mostly due to the sauce. Yeah. The pit, the fried pickles really were a big help too, but without the sauce, that sandwich was not going to make an 8 out of 10. Absolutely. So you might have a point here. I think Ronnie Coleman, like a big-time bodybuilder, said grilled chicken, the reason he was able to eat grilled chicken every day, every meal, all the time, barbecue sauce. Hmm. So condiments in general, I think, are a big-time winner. Well, I was a little awkwardly quiet on your ketchup because I wasn't sure where you're going. I'm not sure that I fully agree, but I do agree that ketchup enhances French fries greatly. Yeah. And I will eat them without ways. if I have to, but I would rather eat them with ketchup. Yep. Uh, client shout out. Uh, I'll go first. Alyssa, last name's going to be rough. Ganaim, Ganim. How do you say this? Wow. I'm so First sorry. Of all, uh, wait a minute. I didn't even know who Hang it was. On a second. I was talking about her sister two weeks ago, and now you're gonna mess up her sister. I also messed up her oh. first name. Can we cut this out, please? Oh. It's Elisa. It's Elisa. We have multiple Alyssas and Elisas here, out. and it's spelled the same way. Oh, it gets me every time, because <laughs> the the Alyssa that first signed up, I called Elisa 
forever. And I finally realized and like corrected my mistake that it was wrong and I came around to it. And then a real Elisa shows up spelled the same way and now I'm just done. But okay, my bad. Elisa, how do you say her last name? Ganim. Ganim. Okay, Elisa Ganim. Point is, she's looking amazing. She definitely looks a lot thinner. I asked her today, I had that kind of moment where I'm like, hey, Elisa, did you lose a little bit of weight? And she's like, yeah, you know, a little bit. I'm like, she's like trying to be humble. I'm like, you look a lot different. Like, even if you did lose just a little weight and your goal was more, like you've definitely put on some muscle in the right places, lost some body fat, and you've been working really hard. So big shout out, Elisa, for her hard work and consistency over the past six, eight months. Probably about that long. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. And I've known these two for a couple of years. At least, no, since, yeah, three or four years. You're and talking about her sister, Alina? Both of them. I've known both of them. I don't, for about I don't know if we mentioned years. her name. And I've confused their names so many times. So to be fair, John, it, it is not the easiest, especially when it's a Elena and Elisa. For some reason, it's so easy to go Elisa or Elena and get them confused. Yeah. So Especially I, when I, you're I as old as I am. Because <laughs> I, I knew that joke was coming. I figured I'd steal it from you. Mine goes to Crystal Doman. Oh, yeah, Crystal. Who may have gotten a client shout out before, but we always are complimenting Crystal because of her hard work and her results and the fact that she's lost over 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. She's competing this upcoming weekend, which by the time you hear this, it will have passed already. But I am super impressed with her progress from a competition to competition perspective. And it's very tough when you get to such a low body fat to still continuously improve and go through the cycle Mm. of these competitive athletes when they start to gain a little bit of weight to try to put on muscle and then lean out again and reap the benefits of the increased muscle while they start to lose fat again. But Crystal does not mess around with her nutrition. And she does not mess around with her workouts either. Huge shout out for the Dominator. She's still working with the Lauren, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, She and she, from what I know, has been very consistent with nutrition and obviously workouts because we see her here all the time. Yeah. One of our big 5 a.m.ers. Oh, yeah. No missed sessions for Doman. No shot. Uh, all right. Today, we're going to talk about should you be competitive when you are working out? And more importantly, who with? I love that dramatic yeah. lean-in for the Make few sure people the watching. The, the three people that are going to watch our YouTube video are going to really appreciate yeah. that. So for some inspiration, I had two conversations this last week that really stood out to me. And these topics aren't super common, but they do come up every once in a while. But both potential members stated how they do not like being in a class setting that is competitive. And for opposing reasons, one person said... I don't like it because I always come in last and I feel bad about it and it upsets me. The other one said, I will win at all costs. And that's usually when I get hurt. So for very different reasons, they don't like being in a class setting that requires or tries to get people to compete and like encouraging it. So I thought that was super interesting in which obviously my instant rebuttal for anybody who knows how our training goes here. We customize a program for each person because it might not make a ton of sense for you to compete against others, but it might make all the sense in the world for you to compete against yourself. Wow. Love it. So when you think about other models of training and not to say they're bad, like competitive, competitive fitness makes a ton of sense for a lot of people who really like it and know how to appropriately push themselves and push their limits while not crossing that line of potential injury risk. But for a lot of people, I don't think it makes much sense at all. What do you think, John? 
I definitely agree. I'm glad you touched on the people that like it. Not only like it, right? Because it's really important. We touched two different people that don't want to do competing in a class for two different reasons. And my first thought was, I wonder if these camps of people know there's another camp that exists that doesn't want to do it for a completely different reason, but they can both have some common ground on the fact that they don't want to compete in a session for various reasons. Um, but yeah, exactly where you left off on, there's people who are very competitive and if they're self-aware enough to know that they're so competitive that they are going to go all in no matter what and they result in pain and injuries and it might not even be in the moment with the adrenaline going and the, and the music pumping and like mm. the class is really like pushing yep. you may not even feel the pain in the moment um but you will know if you're self-aware enough that you're going to get that pain the next day if you've done this a few times so for those people uh if they cannot hold back it's probably not smart to put themselves in that environment where they will push but for the people that really like it and they know when to pull back and they know how much to push and they're willing to maybe not win at the expense of their did I say that right? They're, they're willing to lose the session against yep. whoever they're competing yep. with at the expense of not having injuries. Yep. Um, I think it's great. And to, to your point in the models, I think if you like that and you're motivated by that, you can get a lot of results from being very competitive. Yeah, 100%. And the, my first thought about this is like, are, are, is the CrossFit model. And I think CrossFit wins and loses in two different scenarios here. And that they have these workouts that they will name and people will try to outperform what they did last time from a time perspective. The most popular probably being the MRF, the bodyweight squats, push-ups, pull-ups, run a mile before and after. But um, I think that's really good for a lot of people because they get to, they get to compare themselves against themselves. But now enter the same workout. And some people are doing that Murph workout with 30, 40, 50 other people and potentially com trying to compete with people that are far outside their fitness scope. And that is maybe when they're getting injured, when they're trying to get those few forced reps of the pull-ups in the swinging na nature or maybe running a lot harder than, they could, than their joints or connective tissue can actually uh, take. So... It's like a win and a loss on both sides. Like people, if you come out of the other end healthy, you're probably proud of yourself and you push yourself really hard. But if you don't make it without some sort of pain, injury, or disappointment in yourself versus the other people, then was it really that beneficial for you? Um, interesting you brought up the CrossFit, right? That's the first thing that my mind went to. It's probably one of the most competitive, most popular business gym models. Um, which does lead to some significant results for a lot of people. And I was just talking to a group of people um, this weekend about it, about some people who were scared to try something like that and like asking them why. And the reasons why were basically because they know it has a reputation for injury. And I kind of broke down like, well, to contrast that, to be fair, a lot of people have had a lot of really good results as well. But there have actually been significant amount of injuries. And it's, some of it is because of that competitive environment. Some of it is uh, on the franchise location itself for not doing a proper job exposing people to exercise you know, before they do like really high level advanced exercises in a yeah. competitive environment. So I think that was a problem. And we, could, we don't need to take a, a tangent into like all the reasons why, like the pros and cons of CrossFit. But I think it is something that's very relatable and most people have heard of somebody who did it and it is ultra competitive. Yeah, 100%. And again, I think there are definitely some benefits to pushing yourself beyond a certain level of comfort, but maybe if you're just that type of person that refuses to lose no matter what, it might be just a little bit too much for you in terms of not getting hurt while you're working out. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. It's at, at a basic level, that's what we're all at the gym for, right? Like, however you want to say this, the, the trainer language is specific adaptation to impose demands. And what that means for all of you listening is basically like we want to adapt to a demand we're putting on the body. So to break it down even more, you need to stress your body enough to give it a reason to change. Uh, and that's kind of what James had just said. So the, the constant balance for our clients is trying to find a way to give them some reason for their body to change, to push them hard enough for that to happen, but to not go too hard to really cause breakdown too fast. Because that's kind of the sweet spot, right? I mean, hopefully, yeah. I'm, hopefully I'm explaining this right, but the sweet spot is like you're in an area where you're pushing out of your comfort zone. Yep. That's probably the best way to say it. Uh, and you're doing that enough to cause your body to do some changing. Wait, the very obvious ones that we can talk about is losing fat and building muscle. So yep. most people are here for anyway. If you don't give yourself enough time out of that comfort zone, then your body won't really have enough of a reason to cause changes. And that's not even talking about the nutrition aspect. 100%, 100%. And then if you enter the conversation of the burn classes that we have here, a lot of the stuff we will do in those classes, everyone's doing the same workout, modifications when necessary, and a lot of it is competitive. Oh yeah, oh, I, I've been in there. Yeah. If I'm next to somebody on the skier, I'm, I gotta step my game 100%. up because if somebody's outperforming on the skier, I do not like it because I'm pretty competitive in those classes. 100%. And I, the conversation that we had in trying to rebrand the whole burn process when we were first talking about things like this is that when we, when we do these burn classes, let's definitely promote competitiveness, but let's make sure that we have an exercise menu that reduces the likelihood of injury as much as possible while asking for the adaptation that we're really asking for. So if we're trying to improve cardiovascular fitness, let's mostly compete from a cardiovascular fitness standpoint with the safest possible cardiovascular fitness exercises that we could put into the yeah. class. Yeah. But it might not make the most sense in the world to say, hey, you know how we're going to get people in great metabolic shape? We're going to do Olympic lifts for as many reps as we possibly can in a given time frame. Could that potentially really beat you up metabolically? Absolutely. But it could also increase the likelihood of injury, joint pain, stuff along those lines that probably wouldn't be a great fit for a lot of our members that currently do the burn class. Yeah. And if you're listening, Olympic lifts are um, just fairly complicated exercises if we want to simplify it to that, they're, they're very complicated exercises. They're almost like multiple exercises put into one, if you will. And if you don't have the range of motion necessary to get in these positions, and you don't have the background of the exercises that kind of make up these exercises, then you're just asking for trouble when you do exactly what James said, which is put them in a set where you do that competitively for time and as many reps as you can do in time, which is a very popular thing to do, I'd say, because it's really hard. And it's very popular because you can make an exercise uh, class really hard by just doing those two exercises being the um the clean and jerk and the snatch and uh, just doing them repetitively with lots of weight but you're just really asking for trouble in that scenario yeah 100 percent. and then if like we start talking about the people on the other end of the spectrum and i'm not a believer nor is really anybody on staff that everyone needs a trophy but when someone first starts their fitness journey the last thing i want them to experience is a loss i would love for them to have a couple of wins to increase the likelihood that they start to buy into what they're doing, feel good about themselves, and actually want to do it yeah. consistently. Because the biggest problem in our country is that not enough people do fitness. It's not that they're winning or losing fitness competitions. is that they're just not doing mm, it at all. Mm, they're on the couch, yeah. yeah. So if you get in here and you're starting to train in a gym, let's take a couple wins out of this. And if your first day in a gym, you're with a lot of highly advanced individuals that are 
working really hard that have been at this gym for maybe multiple months or years, even if they are highly encouraging, it might be easy for you to feel inadequate and potentially bad about yourself when you realize you're in the worst shape and you know it based on the stats that they tracked in the class. Did that rhyme? <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. Turn your hat backwards real quick. <laughs> so I think, I think the biggest takeaway in talking about all of this stuff is that if you hate losing to the point that you're going to push yourself way too hard and dramatically increase the likelihood that you get hurt in the gym, maybe competing against others in fitness isn't the best thing for you. If you're new to fitness and you don't want to feel like you're losing and that you're inadequate and that fitness isn't for you, you just weren't made for it, then competing probably isn't good for you either. However, competing against yourself and starting slow is probably best for almost everybody. Get in the gym, start a training program, see where you're currently at, and slowly try to move forward and beat your past self every time you possibly can, whether that's with increased weights, increased repetitions, improved times on your cardiovascular outputs. Love it. Uh, my big takeaway, and I didn't expect this to be kind of the shameless plug it's about to be, um, is based on everything you just said, and based on some members I know who haven't tried the burn, I think a really good spot is doing the PPT sessions and doing burn. And basically the reason being everything we just talked about, you're going to get your personalized program through PPT, you're going to compete against yourself with the exercises that are harder to do, things like squatting and bench pressing and, you know, depending on your capability levels, chest flies, reverse flies, like we could name a bunch of exercises that may not be great for you to compete against other people in, but great for you to compete against yourself mm. uh, under the guidance of a trainer the entire session with your custom program. Now you can also go over to burn and here's the super shameless plug because I know a lot of members that were so hesitant to go over and try burn, but after trying it one time, they're still there months and years later because they get some of that competitiveness against other people, helps them push a little harder out of that comfort zone that we talked about that's important to get out of sometimes. And you're doing it, like James said, in an environment where the type of competition and the type of exercises you can compete with are pretty safe. Yeah. being med ball slams, med ball throws, like who can throw it harder, who can throw it higher, who can run faster on the treadmill, who can go faster on the rower. And obviously every exercise has some level of risk involved, but those are much lower risky uh, scenarios where you can go a little bit more of a competition mode. Uh, and then on our side, we still have like, we do have that competition a little bit from the members that feed off of it. I'm thinking of Travis Bowers and Brian Robinson right now who are wow, kind of- key shout outs. These shout outs are crazy today. Um, but Travis is a, like an expert rower. He's like one of our best rowers. Um, and he can put up some serious calories and meters in a short amount of time on that rower. But Brian is really competitive and he loves to know Travis's numbers to see if he can beat them. He's in the evening. So then of course, when he beats a number, we <laughs> go to Travis in the morning and immediately <laughs> let him know that Brian demolished his number. Then Travis gets kind of mad, but both of those individuals, we know them well enough that they feed off that a little bit and they're going to push themselves appropriately the next time to compete with each other. hundred percent. Love it. I think it was a good episode. It's great. Lastly, I just wanted to shout out everybody who came out to the breast cancer workout. Oh yeah, and also the staff. It was uh, it was really really cool to see everybody come together over the last few months, help put that whole thing together. It's a lot. You know, Sydney quarterbacked a lot of the logistical stuff. Vance quarterbacked the workout, but everything ran so smooth with around two hundred ish people. So I'm just really happy and proud to be a part of everything that we are doing here. It was a lot of fun to watch. 
Um, and it was very, it was an interesting feeling just kind of sitting back and watching everybody work out and have all the trainers at all these stations. And this is really the first time I wasn't highly involved in this whole thing taking place, but seeing the job that you guys all have done and how hard you guys have worked to make things like this work really well, it was, it was really cool. And again, thank you to all the members for all of your donations, all the people that uh, gave us a gift basket to auction off. Uh, and just for working really hard and making the workout really fun to watch. <laughs> Dude, yeah. There was some there was some serious calories burned in a short amount of yeah. time on Saturday. It was awesome. Yep. Uh yeah, I, I forgot that that was that. And this so this episode will come out a little bit later, but you guys will be the first time hearing about it on here. Um everything James said is absolutely true. You guys are awesome. We're probably closer to fifteen thousand dollars now. We're still tallying up the last minute uh donations that came in on Venmo. But we should have an official number. We'll put that on our Instagram as to the total amount of money that you all raised, which was amazing. And then there was a moment I climbed up on a rack in the corner of the gym yeah. to get a video. And I couldn't believe what I saw. Because yep. you, you at, from that vantage point, you could see the entire field house. And it was just a sea of pink shirts. Like I described it as an ant colony. Like moving around, <laughs> just working out. And like everything was moving. Like they all knew what they're supposed to be doing. Everybody had an idea where they should go next. And I was like, how is this happening? There's yeah. 150 people in this room alone or something, something like that. 100%. So that yeah. was awesome. It was great. And I think like our aspirations are to change the world through fitness. But uh, having those moments of seeing the community that we've built to this point, it's a great smell the roses type of moment. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Awesome. That's it, everybody. Go All eat right, your guys. gummy bears, actually. <laughs> Do it sparingly. <laughs>